On this edition of the Cubs Recap Podcast, Gordon Wittenmeyer and I talk with Derek Gould. He is the lead Cardinal beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. We get a scouting report on the presumptive favorite in the NL Central. Welcome in to the Cubs Recap Podcast here on YouTube and anywhere you get your audio-only versions of the podcast with my partner, the shirtless on a boat, Gordon Wittenmeyer. I'm David Kaplan. Our special guest is Derek Gould. He is the lead beat reporter for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, stlouistoday.com. And all right, Derek, Let before we get into the Cardinals and the Cubs, how about your guy, Gordon, on a boat with no shirt on? Hey, uh, do we need to send help? Where is your buddy Wilson? Are you are you in trouble? <laughs> I'm looking for him. I'm looking for him. That's the that's the thing. Look, man, I'm just trying not to fall off the boat. I went swimming earlier. I just want to know, like, uh, is this how you decide the the beat there with the with who covers the Cubs? It's it's Survivor Wrigley Field. Correct. <laughs> is that what's that's going it. on here? All right. We're, 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 uh, Derek, sending, you have uh, been. We're sending cap out without words next time. Please That's don't it. show us what else you're wearing, man. Just please, yeah, just keep I'm the afraid. camera shoulder up here. Very afraid, uh, Derek. So you've been very busy at camp. The Cardinals are the presumptive favorite. I believe they should be the favorite. Gordon made a case why the Brewers should be the favorite the other day. How good is this Cardinal team? Because. With all that you've got and you've spent money on my friend Wilson Contreras, we'll get to him in a minute, is this team totally all in? They pushed their chips in. Let's go. So the Cardinals are never all in. Um, they actually push back whenever we ask, will you ever be all in? Um, they uh, they refuse to kind of acknowledge that one year is more important than another. And that's fine, but they. Uh, um, it sounds like uh, Gordon's falling. Uh, his engines kind of collapsed there. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I got the I got the crew working the winches on the on the. Sale. Sure, sure you do. Sure, um, the uh, yeah. I mean, they they kind of want to. You know, they they kind of push back on the notion of like windows and how long they have to win, and even like when we were talking about like okay, last year's pools and Molina's last year. Hey, do you kind of push a few more chips in or? Now you got peak Arnato and peak Goldschmidt. And you're like, okay, is this now like kind of a little time to win? They really, really have, as long as I've been around here, pushed back on that notion. Um, they want to win every year and they want to make sure that they make decisions from year to year that don't cost them in the out years. And if they want to, they can point to the Cubs as an example of that. You know, the, the rise and fall of the previous core and, the success they had and what they did to capitalize and win a world series. Um, but now they're back into a rebuild mode. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, they have a lot going for them. They have a lot of questions on pitching, um, but they have a remarkable lineup. They really could have the best lineup in the national league, quite honestly. Um, and then they have a good bullpen with a lot of depth and a lot of moving parts that should help them when it comes to shortening games for the rotation. They have upside. They have significant upside with the rotation, but they don't have a lot of certainty. Well, let me ask you this, Derek. Mm -hmm. This is a team that won the division. They have this core, like you said, could be the best lineup. We know they catch the ball. Mm -hmm. Could this idea of not going all in bite them in the ass this year like no other year for the for these reasons, right? But we saw what money did in the playoffs. 
field last year when mm -hmm. the Phillies, the Mets, the Padres are spending money like the Dodgers and Yankees. And so more in many cases. And now, case in point, in your camp, you can give us an update on this. Adam Wainwright's going to open on the I.L. Mm -hmm. So you haven't gone out and got that pitcher, got that guy, got those two guys that are going to give you the kind of depth that make you give you a, a shot at a maybe a, a legitimate shot at like a hundred wins as opposed to, Oh, well, we'll probably win the division. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's the kind of been the criticism and the questions here, you know, especially in, in recent years is how come they go one step shy of filling all their needs? What, what is the financial reason or what is the reason that they kind of just go one step shy um, in this past winter, the one step shy would have been a starting pitcher. Right. And you let it sort out from there. Um, they there were a few have, of them too. Yeah, there, there are few. And you know, I, I, uh, I don't know if Verlander would have signed with the Cardinals. I'm, I'm not, I don't know if he would have, I, I doubt it um, to be candid, um, but to not make a play for a guy like that um, and a short contract like that and money like that. I don't know. You know, that's a tricky thing for them not to have done, especially when, it's something that they've wanted in their wheel, you know, before they want those shorter term, higher dollar deals with the volatility of pitching. Um, you know, I, I've spoken to Mosaic a lot about this, much to his chagrin. He, he is exhausted by my questions about the payroll. Um, they're going to have a higher payroll this year. They're going to probably end up with more money spent on the 40 man than ever. However, um, as you mentioned, in the National League, they are behind. They are, they are not spending at the same pace as rival teams. And that does fortify those rival teams within their division and, and for October. Um, they were the only team with a payroll under 200 last year in the playoffs in the National League. And all and that of didn't those last teams, very long. No, it did not. It did not last very long. And, uh, you know, all of the teams ahead of them have only invested more. Um, Atlanta, not so much on free agents, but on extensions have spent a lot, maybe even more so than we, you know, than the, <clears throat> than the Mets, honestly. And, you know, you got the Padres with their extensions and free agent spending. So um, there are a lot of teams that are out there in the national league. And I think it's probably more competitive than ever at the top end because of that spending. And yeah. to kind of wrap this up, Mo, Mo has said repeatedly that they have to look again at their model. Um, they're kind of betting on it to work this year. And to your point, if it falls apart, they, they can't they, they can't ignore the obvious. So, Derek, looking at your team, ESPN dropped the top 100 major league players today. There's one member of the Cubs, Dansby Swanson at number 54. Really good player. I think the Cubs added on to maybe the best defensive team in the National League. Now, you got a gold glove shortstop. you got a gold glove left fielder. Uh, you got a kid that was a finalist at second base, Nico Horner, gold glove. You've got really good defensive catchers. Cody Bellinger's a really good defender, albeit I think he he's you know trying to restart his career here in Chicago. You guys have number 10, Nolan Arenado, number 12 in Paul Goldschmidt, the MVP, and in the 90s is my guy Wilson Contreras. What is the thing that you would most hang your hat on about your team? Your defense, your slugging ability, what is it? Oh, defense. I mean, like if you're going to pick something that's there constantly and they play in the massive ballpark, so don't maybe don't hinge your hopes on slugging. Um, I think in two ways. I mean, I think, you know, they, they 
they have the ability to go out and lead the National League in on-base percentage. They, in which, to put it bluntly, they have the ability to have a lineup to go that goes out and makes the fewest outs of any lineup that is just pesky and on base a lot. Um, and I guess the measure of that would be on base percentage. So, but they don't have a ballpark that allows for a whole lot of bash. You know, they, they have a ballpark that kind of quiets the offense a little bit. So maybe they'll do great with OPS plus, but not so much OPS, if that makes sense. Um, but this team can get on base in. Can can make can do really well by not making outs, and by on the other end, they'll do very well by stealing outs. Um, you know, they have uh, they have a Gold Glove winner at every position in the infield. Um, they have uh, Goldschmidt at first, Brendan Donovan at second, Tommy Edmond who won a Gold Glove is now at shortstop, and then Nolan Arenado who, if he wins another Gold Glove, will break Mike Schmidt's record for the most Gold Gloves by a National League third baseman. He's a great player. Yeah, he's one of the best all-around players I've ever covered. Um, and he's he might be the best third baseman of all time. Um, I know Brooks Robinson has the most Gold Gloves. I did not cover Brooks Robinson, despite what Gordon might tell you. Um, but uh, yeah. the, uh, the the Nolan Arenado is one of the best all I covered Wilbur Robinson. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I remember that. Yeah, in his 300 inning season, right? Exactly. exactly. Uh, my friend, hey, let, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, go ahead, were, Gordon. Let, let me just follow up on that. The defense, right? Uh, you talked mm -hmm. about. Uh, you mentioned Edmund in there, and mm -hmm. we saw Swanson come over. He won the Gold Glove. I mean, those are the last two Gold Glove winners um, in the league. And then not Edmund didn't win at shortstop. Edmund didn't win at shortstop. Well, he who do you think base. is the best shortstop? All right. Who, who do you think is the best uh, shortstop in the division? Defensively. Oh, defensively? I was, okay. I mean, as a matter of fact, make a, total, make a total package. Well, then it's Adamus, right? I mean, what am I missing? Adamus is a great, great player. He is. Yeah. Dansby Swanson... I love the signing. I think he's a great leader, excellent defender. Can I tell you he's the best shortstop in the division? I cannot if you're taking total package. But defensively, he's as good as any. Yeah, and I mean, O'Neal Cruz is up there. I mean, with potential, he might be by the end of the year the best all-around yeah. shortstop. Um, you know, I, I don't – I mean, Swanson's a, 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 an excellent above-average fielder. Tommy Edmond is a excellent above average fielder. Um, both of them can change games um, and also keep a team steady um, with, uh, with how they, how they play defensively. I, I'm eager to see what Swanson does. You know, if, if Swanson is building on his career, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be one of the best players in the division by far. If last year was the peak of his career, as far as hitting goes, um, then what great timing. Um, and if he settles into being the player somewhere between, you know, last year and his other years, then that's still a real quality um, player for a contending team. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm really eager to see what he does with the change of scenery to Wrigley with, you know, going into a, a division, though it's not as lopsided with the division schedule this year, but still playing more often in Milwaukee, playing more often in Cincinnati. Does that help him? Um, I think he's a great player. Um, you know, he was there for a moment, a uh, player that the Cardinals thought about pursuing. There was a series of events where they would have gone and pursued him. Um, 
if they had traded for a catcher, they were kind of thinking about that Swanson is where they would pivot. But uh, but I, I think he has the ability to stand out. I just don't – I'm not sure about being the all-around best shortstop in the division. Okay, let me ask you this. Wilson Contreras and I have, have an outstanding relationship. I have a special needs son that he befriended. And so I will – even though I can't stand the St. Louis Cardinals as a Cubs fan – I will always root for that dude. How is he being received by the Cardinals fan base and there at spring training? Because his comments that the Cardinals are better at this and that has got Cub fans ready to boo him, which I can't believe. Uh, I mean, that, that scores a lot of points with the Cardinal fans. They, uh, they like to hear how, uh, you know, a player says that they're better than the Cubs. I mean, that's not uh, – that's a pretty good slam dunk for a new player to come in and say. Um, Ryan you know, Terrio I mean, did that. Ryan Terrio. I'm telling you, man, it's straight out of the playbook. It's, yeah. uh, you know, they give them talking points. Um, you'll be you'll be pleased to know that uh, John Lester did not do that. Um, he did not come in and, and start saying that the Cardinals were better. Um, he he held true. So so if I can uh, offer that up to you, um, you know, Wilson, I, I we don't quite I don't quite know how he'll be received at Bush Stadium, except for how every new player is received at Bush Stadium, which is with a standing ovation before he comes to the plate, which is what opening day will be like for him. Um, he's going to be beloved um, by Cardinal fans, and he's really got a lot of fans in the clubhouse, um, which was a question, right? Like, I think they've been pretty candid about how little not they to, like Not it. to cap and I. What do you mean? Oh, you're, we you're, love you're talking about – you're talking about how the – what they viewed of him from across the way. Oh yeah. No Cardinals have been pretty candid about how frustrated he was to play against and how they didn't yeah, like but him. We, we know what kind of guy he is though. No, no, I know they, they did not. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They did not. And they needed that, that, that conversation to take place. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think, I think we all had a sense, even me going into the club's clubhouse, how, how much teammates liked Wilson. I mean, they really did. They adored him. Um, but the Cardinals didn't have that sense. They needed to talk to him, and they have quickly realized how much of a fit he is, how much they enjoy having him around. Um, they, everybody got a big kick out of the fact that he walked into the clubhouse one day this spring and said, hey, I made the team. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I just heard. <laughs> and they all, they, all, they all got a big kick out of that. He is a wonderful guy. He will mm -hmm. be a guy that will – he will get under the opponent's skin. There is no question about it. But boy, oh boy, your fan base is going to love this dude's fire. That's what they're going to love. You guys want me to say something controversial here? Something like hot takey? Oh, yes. yes. yes All right. Cubs fans are going to not be happy when they see him defensively. They're going to they're, they're wonder what, what – because he is going to be better defensively and you're going to see a significant change and uh, if you'll permit me a tease if you want to know like what went into that and what the Cardinals saw and what specifically they changed about him um, I wrote about it for this coming weekend as our season preview but, oh, I, uh, I, look I, to I spent uh, a good probably hour plus talking to folks about their plan to improve him defensively and how he bought in and how he's doing I mean, you watch. I mean, you may, you guys may, you've watched them a lot. You can go watch a spring training game, and you'll see the difference. You'll, you'll probably see it right away. 
that was one of the things you and I talk about during the, the uh, GM meetings and then even into the winter meeting. Mm-hmm. This guy wants to be great, and he will work that hard to get even better at this at this stage of his career. So he if- brought it up to them. Yeah, he said, "This is what I want to do. This is who I want to be." They've had they had a series of meetings um, here early in spring. They set forth a plan. He has been receptive. Um, they they do things a little bit different, as you can imagine, with catchers. And everybody will be like, "Well, it's because they had Yadier Molina there." Well, no, it goes back even before him. Um, you know, they're they're the only team in the National League to have three different catchers win three Gold Gloves, and you know that goes back to Pagnazzi and Matheny, and uh, they both worked on the you know where Dave Ricketts, a late coach who is no longer here, but the batting cage of all things is named for him. And it's not because of the hitting he did. It's because of the work he did with the catchers in that cage. And that was where Wilson Contreras spent a lot of time this spring going through some of the stuff that they do with catchers here. Almost as if he was like a young catcher um, learning, right. working through it. Before so we got to read your story. Wait, what day is that coming up? Sunday? It's coming up in the next few days, but it'll be in Sunday's paper. Okay. So we definitely have to read that. Before we let you go, we'll let you get back to your work down there in Florida. If I said to you the Cardinals did not win the NL Central, whether that was mm-hmm. the Cubs or the Brewers who did, doesn't matter. You'd be oh come uh, on! I thought you were going to ask me who was going to win. Would you be stunned if the Cardinals don't win the division? I would be stunned if the Cardinals do not win the National League Central. Um, wow! The, the National League Central is not. It's, it should be more competitive and. I uh, I don't I I think the Cardinals are the team from the NL Central that has the ability to compete within the other divisions. I'm not sure I could say that about any other team in this division. I do, however, if something befalls the Cardinals and they don't play as well or injury or whatever, um, I do think the Cubs have a beeline to being the second best team in this division. Wow, Garrett, you're yeah. a bigger homer than Cap. What no? By compete in the other divisions, really? With the hundred eleven win yeah. team out west, and the and the team that's spending all that money in San Diego and New York and the yeah. Braves with all those young players. No, I get it, man. I get, I get and what you're pitching, saying. And the pitching gauntlet that they're going to run in any other division. Yeah, you no, I, you got to worry about that from the central. No, that's what I'm saying. Is like that's that's what I'm saying. Is that's why they I'm stand out. Was, I'm saying no team in this division competes in those other divisions. I think the Cardinals are the only one that has even a chance. What's the record? What are you picking for Cardinal wins? Oh, boy. I hadn't even thought about that. Gosh. I don't know. Is that a 95 win team? I mean, it could be if, like, what are we, what, what, what's the parameters? Everybody healthy, but everybody's not healthy because Wainwright's not healthy. But uh, by the way, tell, give us an update on that, would you please? Because uh, that, that's the sexy name. Yeah, he. Uh... <laughs> Adam Wainwright is uh, is going to start the year on the injured list with a groin injury. He's uh, going to be a couple weeks, if not three, four weeks behind everybody. Um, he was going to be the opening day starter for his final season. He was going to start it up there at, at uh, Bush Stadium, um, but now we'll uh, instead begin on the injured list. Um, oh, let me ask you this: like, or like you're asking for their wins, right? Is Jack Flaherty healthy all year? Like, if if do I bet? Do I make my prediction yeah, based on that? You tell us. Uh, you make your prediction based on the knowledge that you have watching this team throughout the spring. Yeah. All right. I think that if uh, I mean the, the, they they're they're gonna they have the potential to be a really strong team. 
one that is that is overlooked. And I don't say that lightly. I, I and, you know, if Jack Flaherty is, he doesn't have to be 2019 Jack Flaherty, but goodness, if he's 2021 Jack Flaherty, you're talking about a a, a strong rotation and a strong rotation with this defense and the potential of this offense and the bullpen, that's the mix of a, of a 95-plus win team in a division that is just hankering to be – I mean, it's just – it's a very it's a very friendly, compliant division this year. I'm, it's just not – it's not very exciting. And, you know, every other team needs a lot of things to go right to even contend. And if a lot of things go right for the Cardinals, then you're talking about them pushing for the second-best record in the National League. Well, yeah, it's not just Flaherty it. either, right? I mean, because Wainwright not only has to come back and be healthy, which, sure. by the way, sounds like it should be right in time for the Cubs in May. Yeah. Uh, but but also that he doesn't suddenly fall off the map with the de- age decline. I'm not sure. Like is, it, like is inevitable one of these years? No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that's. I don't think they hinge on that, to be honest. And I, I, I think I think you look at the guys ahead of him. Um, you know, Miles Michaelis, right? Miles Michaelis gets overlooked a lot. 200 innings last year. You know, Jordan Montgomery and Steven Matz. If Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz are providing quality starts, just quality starts, this this team can go series by series and have a chance to win most of them, which is all you ask from a team to get to 95 wins. Um, you know, Miles Michaelis is a really quality pitcher. There's a lot um, – you know his the way he was used by Team USA is vexing, very odd. He might have you could make the case that he was the best starting pitcher that they had, um, even though he only appeared in mop up duty. He just wasn't used. Um, you know Stephen Matz. You know we'll see is a you know Stephen Matz is if he can be that guy who cranks out the quality starts, the the six innings, the you know the just a four or five ERA. That's a very valuable piece for them. Um, you know we'll see what Jordan Montgomery brings. He's had a good, strong camp. Um, you know, they, they have guys who can just bring the consistency. And if that happens, then, you know, you're talking about them cranking out quite, quite the quality of starting pitching that is necessary to win in this division. Fair question. Do they have enough, a one and a two, to win in a playoff series? They have to prove that. They don't have that on paper right now. Derek, appreciate all the knowledge, man. Have a great rest of your day. I'm guessing you're going Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, the other two. What? What? Yeah, yeah. What a division! Thank goodness for this season where they play everybody else, so that you know you don't, you don't have to. Uh, no, no, I get clobbered by a whole bunch of other teams more often. The NL Central, yeah, it'll be great. Yeah. It'll yeah. really, really do our time zone proud, right? Like, hey, flyover country, really. Really sticking it to the west and the east. We're, we're uh, come see our That's ball it. clubs. Yeah, Derek. But, thanks again, man. Appreciate you. I yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Put on a shirt, Gordon. Jeez, we're man. Crying out it's loud. Beautiful. It's freaking beautiful. We're, we're no one wants gym. to see your tan lines. That's it. For there Derek you know, STLToday.com. He covers the Cardinals for Gordon Wittenmeyer, my partner. You can get him at GW Cub you on claim Twitter. Him? You claim him? You say your part? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally. Uh, I'm David Kaplan. This is a wrap for the Cubs Recap Podcast. Take that.